0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a very special episode of Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. This is Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. After dark. (laughs) I'm literally living for this. I'm so living for this.
1: I knew you were excited to do the intro because I saw you did there. You did a little bait and switch with the audience where you open with Nice NPR Jacqueline and then you get into After Dark.
0: After Dark. Like literally like this like give us a silk a silk stockings intro like we are literally That's living good. our Cinemax dreams here
1: ladies and gentlemen. Silk stockings, classic yeah. USA show. I was thinking more Baywatch nights, but Silk Stockings is probably the longer running hit program.
0: Honestly, a call out to Baywatch nights. This entire episode is worth it already. I love that so much. I love it so much, which folks don't know that was Baywatch's answer to Miami Vice.
1: Yes, it was and didn't quite work out. It did not to the but, same level. That's but, Jacqueline. I'm Mark. And we host Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong on a weekly basis where we pick a specific movie and we talk about its tomato meter score, all the things the, the you know, the scenes we love, the characters we love. We have a great guest on. But this week, Jacqueline, It's dark outside.
0: (laughs) It's dark outside. Also, it's like holiday time, and we want to make sure Brian and all of the lovely crew and ourselves are able to sort of enjoy it. So we recorded this one a little while back, but you guys are getting to enjoy it now. And it's also going to be fun because it's going to be the reason why, in some ways, this podcast exists besides the book, which is that me and Mark have been bullshitting and talking movies in lobbies and anywhere we can for a while. And it sometimes veers off into sports. It sometimes veers off into our dogs. But
1: Usually it's just SBSN. Yeah, this is more. I don't want to say like this is the whole milk and the podcast is the two percent, but this is the unfiltered sc- yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, you have a conversation geared towards a movie. That's where you're gonna be focused on. Yeah. This has more, you know, if, if the podcast here I found it. I found the metaphor. Okay. The podcast is is you're on an interstate. Okay. And, and we have a destination. Yeah. We're going from point A to point B. Yeah. This show. We're just kind of driving yeah. on a weird road. We're going maybe up the PCH, but we're like, you know, what? I feel like going to Colorado Let's, now. Let's that, do that. Like a
0: drive is literally all you're entitled to. You're like, just going for a drive. You're just going for a drive. Where we go to, we don't know. You don't know, but you're going to
1: hopefully enjoy the ride. I don't know if that's a thing about dudes in general, but there is still a big part of me that just loves getting in a car. And I do it with Molly the Wonder Dog yeah, now. More than not. I love getting in a car and going for a drive. I, I s- love it.
0: Uh, the person who lives in my house also is a very, like, get in the car, Jacqueline. Let's go. I, also, by the way, I will say this. This is like.
1: I just want to. I just want to hear. I want to be at the house when you address this person as the person that lives in my.
0: house. You know why? Because this is what it is. I don't like that. I have to give certain yeah. aspects of myself to this. To this audience, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean. Like in truth, and I've definitely was single long enough to get disgusted by so many people in their relationships. But you know, the person that lives in my house, y'all already know enough about him. You know that they collect toys. You know that they live in my Uh, house.
1: How dare you? Yeah, y'all know enough. T word. They're figures.
0: <laughs> they are action figures. You are correct, but I call them toys.
1: They're unopened. And every time I go to Jacqueline's you... house, I say hi to Jacqueline. I say hi to the person that lives there. <laughs> I, I pet the dog. I go right into that room. Yeah. And I look at all the stuff from my youth.
0: <laughs> yeah, he does. He has everybody. Funniest thing, too. And then we're actually going to get into yours because I don't think I've had any any Mark dating updates in a while. <laughs>
1: I don't think I have either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Mark's had any updates in uh, in a long good while here. Oh. But I think that to your point, that's what the because I'm always very comfortable talking about my personal life because there ain't nothing to report. Well, because you're a comedian. I'm well, a comedian. You're also a
0: comedian where even if there is right. something to report, you kinda you you're making that agreement. And the person that lives in my house also understands that part of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually the one that's more like, I don't want these hosts to know. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: you have, you have stuff yeah. to to protect. Yes. When you're single, it's just like, I'm single, everybody knows it, and that's really the end of the story. And so it's sort of like, it's a nice transition, and I will use that when I tape my special December 3rd in a couple of days, I think, after yeah. this drop. So y'all can get tickets to markels.live if they're still available. Fingers crossed. Maybe they are, maybe they are. I hope they're not.
0: By the time y'all hear this, I don't think they will be
1: that's very that that's uh, as i've been told by the fair sex that is putting it into the universe.
0: Yes, that Manifesting. is. Yes, speaking to existence, speak it to existence.
1: I waited until mercury was out of retrograde. You <laughs> By the way,
0: so <laughs> a person that we both know and this actually gets me segmenting on formerly Mark's love life but more mm-hmm. Mark's dog life and that is Danny Fernandez who's been on the podcast a few times. The show? Yeah, she is your dog's mom that She's you are a dog the step mom.
1: And I'm the stepdad of the dog of
0: the dog mom, but she is like my favorite about energies. Like I moved to California in 2017, 18, depending on which you want to call the date I moved, because it was a transition. And I have officially, <laughs> I am tattooed. Uh, I know about ayahuasca, uh, and I have like a hippie dippy mentality. You know, I. You're really, more agreeable, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, mm, <laughs> don't bring up that one. But the main thing that makes it complete is how much I am into like, like astrology and energy. And Danny is my guide. Like if I go deep into that shit, she is going to be the, the witch that is just slowly luring me inside.
1: <laughs> I don't. And this is what I've said about in the past is that I don't believe in that stuff. But I don't not believe in that stuff.
0: Looking at Tom Brady's uh pass average
1: this year, you have to believe in that stuff. Th- there seems to be some credible evidence <laughs> aimed that way. But I'm still like, I feel like it's a Pandora's box that once you open the the universe stuff, the whether it's it's chakras, it's crystals, it's tarot cards, it's a Ouija board, it all kind of falls under the same umbrella of I'm dancing with something that I don't know the entity. And therefore, I want to pull back because I'll tell you this really creepy story that happened to me recently. Okay. So every so often, um, I, if Danny's over with the dog or whatever, she has her tarot cards. And every so often, she'll she'll give me a reading. And every time I'm just a little reticent, I'm like, I really? don't want to do this. And it's always harmless. It's like, oh, you got the water card. And that means that you have a lot of stuff flowing in your life. Like she has yeah. to translate all this stuff. But yeah. And it wasn't until I had a couple of those card sessions. At my apartment, in my house, right? So I noticed this, and it's happened a couple times now. And I don't know if the maid is the one doing it or if it's a spirit in my bedroom. My bed frame is very heavy. It's a, my, my bed sits very high off hey now. the bed. My bed frame is very heavy. All right? There, there's a lot of lumber. So I noticed that the bed frame had moved out, had pivoted out a good eight to ten inches. And I'm like, what the hell moved that thing? And I'm like, because I would have heard it. And so I asked Danny, I was like, what, what could have possibly? And she's like, maybe Molly did it. The dog is not that strong. No, Something else moved. It, it, again, there's a chance it's the maid who was cleaning back there and forgot. But it's happened twice. And I've never felt anything. It's, I don't know if it's moving while I'm sleeping. I want to set up one of those paranormal activity cameras and just review the footage and see what is moving my bed.
0: See, this is what I think about it. I that stuff would freak me out. Like the ghost objects moving. This I've is, never been haunted before. This is what's weird with me as far as um, astrology, any of that stuff. I call it energy type um practicing, where you're worried about energy and where things are and like the, you know, the gravitational pull of the stars and that kind of stuff. That's Mm -hmm. where all of this is based off of. First of all, as a white man, I would say you feeling out of place in these worlds and feeling (laughs) like you might be messing with some things, both my history in horror movies and the fact that most of these peoples, these indigenous cultures were first like cooking stuff up to keep people like that away. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I don't think you're wrong in thinking that the vibes for you probably might not be right when you first peek your head in. they might be like. Who are you, colonizer?
1: You know what I mean? Like I the- <laughs> feel like I just got to the to the uh, you know, the Oklahoma plane and a Wendigo is messing with me in my new house. And I'm like, I think it's just time to go back east and that's- maybe back to Europe where I belong.
0: But I would say, even if you push through that, they might look at you and be like, okay, you're not coming with the bad vibes and you're fine. But I think if you're feeling that initial like pushback, that's probably warranted. Like that's warranted. Is that
1: a thing that the spirits in my bedroom are doing? Is that they're looking at my energy, they're like, this is one of the good eggs, so we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna move his bed. We're not gonna make the walls bleed necessarily i feel like a lot of ghosts are great practical jokers i think you're right like, depending on who is living there like i don't know what was going on with the lutzes at the amityville house yeah. but there was there was a lot of bad spiritual essences that all coalesced there me and my apartment i think that they just like messing with me every so often but they know i'm one of the good ones
0: i mean chances are that clock proximity to hollywood they might have been comedians and they're just like hey dude you need more you need more bedroom jokes in your material i'm pushing this out for you pushing this out for you
1: maybe they're like you need to use your bedroom more often than you know than you are i know maybe. that you're a single guy and yeah. you just like taking your naps by yourself and you invite the dog in the bed and nobody else but maybe it's time to start the search
0: i mean are they wrong?
1: I don't know. If I, if you're the one that's breaking into my room, just to, just to, just to throw me off my I would normal regimen. never.
0: Regiment. Actually, I would never. And actually I would say this too, because honestly, I'm like, it's so interesting. I read this new statistic. Um, like basically it's dating has become impossible now. Like there's just not, they're not sending their Best. Like on the dating apps, 10 years of dating apps have like created a culture in dating that is really not healthy, where people aren't really investing anybody anymore. And it's just they're treating people like you do at the supermarket, like picking it off the shelf and putting it back down. And it's created this situation where a lot of women are like opting out. So they're like getting education, they're buying their houses and they're just saying, look, dude, go to therapy or not, but I'm not dating you.
1: All right, well, let's let's look at a movie like You've Got Mail, right? Yeah. Which was made in like the mid 90s and that was really the first computer dating movie yeah. and back when we called them like computer dates or at least computer yeah. hangouts. Yeah. You know, because that movie, the beginning of the movie, we're not even focused on, hey, let's hook up via computer. It's just, I need somebody to, to talk, talk to. to. Not a long conversation. I just need to have a little stress relief this way, yeah. which is very healthy at the beginning because maybe my relationship is the best place. I have this business practice that I'm concerned about on both sides. But then it turns in to this romance. But I feel like back then it was I i, I don't want to make it a class war, but it was you had to have access to the Internet yep. and you had to be able to have a computer to be able to log on very much and to and then you, we used to meet at this coffee shop and now literally everybody. And I think that the people who in the early days of computer dating were making fun of that like that's for Losers who can't get laid. Now all those dudes are walking around with nine dating apps on their phone. And that's probably the front lines of the dating scene that you're talking about.
0: I mean, I, I wish I didn't. Again, I, I've i been out of it a while. And also, I came from Austin. I think L.A. is a even heavier microcosm. I think the bigger the city, the more sort of like bad actors can just keep going because they have more options. Like you date bad twice in a small town in Texas and you have to leave the <laughs> state. You know what I mean? Practically <laughs> like to find school. somebody that doesn't know that you're, you suck. You know right. what I mean? Like depending on where you live. Um, definitely at least leave the, like, you know, area code. Like, you need to leave whatever you're you're dialing out And of. they all come to L.A. And they all come to L.A. <laughs> they keep doing what they're doing. And then they make L.A. a cesspool for dating. I mean, th- again, not necessarily something I have to deal with, but it's something that, like, the girls talk about. Um, the other thing the girls are talking about, and I will say this, which we didn't talk about on this show, but we should, is Interview with a Vampire.
1: The new series? Yeah. I'm hearing great things. And they were advertising the hell out of this thing at Comic-Con, which is where this past summer in yeah. San Diego, that's where I first realized that there was an upcoming streaming show based on Anne Rice's novel. And then you have the movie in the 90s mixed in there, too. I'm hearing great things about this.
0: I, it's doing really well. And what's so great is like, OK, so let's look at the, the recent crop. We got Andor. We got Lord of mm-hmm. Ring Rings of Power. We have-
1: uh, You got your House of the Dragon. House of the
0: Dragon. And we have now this uh, interview with the vampire sort of series going together. And I think those four are really sort of playing the high fantasy sci-fi big budget for all it's worth, right? You know what I mean? Like they're really going deep into the drama because Andor is way more similar to like House of the Dragon in certain ways. You know what I mean? Like it is a sci-fi show, but it's dealing with very big political- issues.
1: And it's not, it's the least kid-friendly Star Wars. I I think children can obviously learn from Andor, but it's, it's the least kid-friendly Star Wars that maybe has ever, I mean, at least since Rogue One.
0: Like if you look at Mandalorian, okay, they put Grogu in there, you know, as like a way to be like, okay, this is for you. There is no Grogu. (laughs) There is no Grogu. You have a sassy droid who's like, we're all going to die. That is your version of like anything cute and cuddly for kids. So anyway, of all those ones, what's crazy is, I think Andor is the best show. I think House of Dragon is the show that folks are most talking about. Um, I would say that Lord of the Rings is probably going to be the show that long-term may be the one that really ends up being the thing that people love. But right now, Interview with the Vampire is the one that is just doing the best out the gate. Like in first season one, it is just marrying all of what those other three shows kind of have.
1: All right, so, but it's not taking place at the same time that the that the movie was, right? Wasn't the movie The Renaissance? Is this one the same deal? It,
0: it kind of is because it's still, because remember, the movie actually takes place over several years because remember, Brad Pitt is being interviewed by Christian Slater in the movie and that's what the interview is. In like the, the
1: modern day. In the, in the modern and day. And he's talking about the, these goddamn vampires. And so, They're around forever.
0: They have a different premise for how Louis is telling his story in this one, uh-huh. but it's, Similar. Like it's a different. How do I put it? It is a different um, idea for how they get there, but they're going.
1: Okay, so if you were to is is this the show that you would recommend to me? Because I've told this to you off air and I guess I'll let the, the audience know this, too. I just feel like right now I'm a little fantasied out. Yeah, I'm a little I'm just a little fatigued. It's not a permanent thing. But we've had a lot coming at us. There's been a lot of MCU, the Phase Four, the multiverse kind of not at me in the wrong direction. I'm glad that Black Panther, would kind of forever, got away from the multiverse and is like, yeah. no, we're telling our story. We're gonna have little sprinkles of other MCU dealings on in there, but we're focusing on this and 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 honoring Chadwick Boseman and establishing a new Black Panther and reigniting Wakanda as a force in the world. And then we have this Namor introduction and those and 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 his his culture. But then we have that paired with all of the streaming shows and House of the Dragon and Rings of Power. And I'm just like, it's a lot in the world of fantasy to the point now where I'm just like, I just want somebody to write a good story about a road. Yeah. I just want a boring ass drama.
0: I think it's actually, I just think you're just, I hate to say it, Mark. You're aging into middle day middle aged dad cinema. I'm watching a documentary
1: wa- on Apple TV right now about A. Lincoln. It's like a four-parter. And I'm yeah. just I'm I'm that that's what that's where I'm my my entertainment taste is currently lying.
0: No, right now I'm watching. So docs, for folks that don't know, is usually the first sort of screeners that come out for my industry. Like that's how we get those movies, mm-hmm. is that way? And uh this is the best time for viewing in my house with the person that lives in my house. Like they are signed up for everything. If I had a, I had a DVD <laughs> of Babylon Avatar Fablemans or the new IFC doc, I guarantee you which one they are selecting is the new IFC doc. So you're just, you're aging into the cinema you should have, which means that you should be watching Yellowstone.
1: I fall asleep. What do you mean? I you fall, fall asleep, asleep watching asleep? It Yellowstone. It is murderous. Cow wrestlers. I I put, I've tried to watch the pie with three different times and sometimes I can even get through the first episode but then I just get very sleepy and so I don't know what Yellowstone, I'll give it one more shot. You, because I you hear it's like have, the most watched show on TV. It is really good, but
0: you have got to get there with it. It is really good. Like I have now, this is what's so weird with it, because it's known as, um, it, which is weird because it's not, but it has this um, reputation maybe of being a more conservative type show, mm-hmm. right? But me, I'm just like, look at all that space. Look at all that open spaces. It is I a millennial it. fantasy to have that much wide open anything.
1: Do you think that Yellowstone is, and maybe Wyoming's already going through this a little bit, is everybody wants to move there now?
0: I think people maybe wanted to move to Wyoming until they realized. This is the thing I always tell people about. Even these people moving to Texas, these people moving everywhere that they're moving. I have lived in these places. Like, you... (laughs) It sounds good in theory until it takes you two hours to get to Zara. Like, Town. I'm tell- you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you do not know what it is like living this way. I understand it. But like, let me give you an example. Um, So many of my friends think that I'm going to become like a doomsday prepper. Because I'm not.
1: I would buy that theory, though. But you, you are one of these people who
0: like know enough about me to know it's like, it's not in you, but you have tendencies kind of thing. You are
1: doomsday prepper at Jason.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I I won't disagree with that. (laughs) But really what it is, is I like to tell people, I'm like, well, what do you know how to do? I know how to make butter. I know how to sew clothes. I know how to knit. I know how to do all of these things that basically like made you a homesteader.
1: A quiet place, Jacqueline.
0: Legit. I know how to pickle things. I know how to like make long-term storage. I know how to rotate between like which animals you keep in the house. Like these are all dumb things that I've learned for no other reason than I just want to be out in nowhere.
1: How much would you miss being around people though? Because I, I tend to not like people. At least at, that's my mindset. But when I go to one of these like faraway locations, like I'll go stay like a, a weekend just up in Topanga or just like in the woods somewhere, just like be by myself and I get out there and it's great. But then I'm like, oh, I do. There's just tiny little human act, human interactions I need. I don't need a lot. It's a lot like Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan when they were yeah. first doing the thing and you've got mail. I just, hey, check it in. How you doing? Yeah, it's a line from the Godfather. Boom, I'm done for the night. I just need, even if it's just getting a cup of coffee or it's just going into town to do a test. That's all the human interaction I need. But unfortunately, I still need it.
0: I think that is still available in the places that I want to get to. I just think the kicker is that that interaction is absolutely available. You still have your town store. You still. And this is the thing. Those places become like Twitter. Like, it's just everybody coming in bullshit and talking about whatever. You know what I mean? You make more trips to the grocery store because the grocery store is where you get that human interaction. You don't save something for, like, the end of the month to do it because, no, visiting and, like, you visit with your neighbors. You pop by their house with something that you baked just because you baked it and you had extra. Like, it's a different level of human interaction.
1: But if you're single and you're in the dating game there, to your point earlier, if you if you make too many missteps yep. in that town— you're. Yeah. You gotta get the hell out. You really kind of do. New zip code.
0: That's why I do advise come with your person. Like this is not like you need to come with it established. Like you come with your people, and then if you need other human interactions, this is what's great. The internet is still there. The internet is still available. <laughs> I have my places that I'm gonna probably move to based on like where I would want to like be, and like most of them, it's like this is all I need. I need a, a somewhat bustling town in mm-hmm. within an hour. I need to have decent either satellite or access to somewhat heavy duty internet. And I don't want to have to do any municipality stuff to get myself electric water or whatever. After that, I just need the land.
1: I just, I, I look at like, it, it's interesting when you see places depicted in movies and film yeah. and you say, okay, that looks like somewhere I'd want to go. Like for instance, Ozark, great show. Everybody loves it. I don't know that it's a great, you know, it's great for the chamber of commerce, in the Ozarks, maybe that it is.
0: It's an accurate depiction. I can tell you that much. <laughs> and
1: and maybe that does intrigue people, or at least they see, hey, uh, let's go to the Ozark. Not necessarily get invested in the crime, but yeah. they have jet skis. We can go see Rio Speedwagon on the cheap. So maybe it is a worthwhile you can vacation. Definitely
0: see Rio Speedwagon on the cheap. I, there.
1: I know. I I have access to a lot of state fairs. I, I mean, can go see Ario Speedwagon. Do they?
0: Is that a part of the comedian tour life? Like you've graduated.
1: Doing I wanna, state fairs.
0: No, I want to talk about this because you tour now and you're like you tour tour like mm-hmm. you do it like for real like how do you get to that level from like just being Mark Ellis in LA to like on tours like how do you even like make that leap
1: the internet the internet
0: okay lit
1: <laughs> well I mean that's that's where your that's where your fan base is able to grow the fastest you know I because see. like back in the old days before the internet you had three channels on TV one of them is going to be turned to Johnny Carson yeah and so if you had a comedian who was making their debut on Carson it was like that was the thing it was make or break and kind of like dating in a small town, you had a couple chances if you were a comedian back in the 70s, 80s, and you had a shot at The Tonight Show, and if you did well with it, boom, you could have a sitcom the next week. Yeah. You, you were just established. You could go on tour. And so just like any other you know fandom, it's become so marginalized in the world that now there, there's more people in general. There's more people keeping an eye on this stuff. So you just have to carve out your little niche. And some people have carved out Bigger fan bases than other ones, mm. but you still have your loyal group of followers, which I have lucky to have through endeavors like this, through Schmoes, through the movie Trivia Schmodown, through you know just uh, doing TV, doing stand up on TV, and you just cultivate a fan base to where you have this thing. And one of the applications that we all rely on daily way too much. I don't know how much longer it's going to be there in its current form, but you say I'm going to be in this area, and people buy tickets. You can keep coming back to that area. Yeah. So then you find where am I selling tickets? Where where are my home bases?
0: I see. So you have
1: like the, you know, New York is always great. Uh, San Diego has been a great hub for me. Austin's been really good to me. There's a couple pockets. Chicago has been really good. But some
0: places you go and you find out, hey, this is not where my people Seattle. are.
1: Seattle. I, I have great fans that live in Seattle. It's just, it, it is so tough to sell tickets up there.
0: Oh, really? And, and you love going up there because of family. I have family up there. Oh, and that has got to be a hard. It's just
1: like pulling teeth. And so we're, we're going to try again. I think I'm going to try again, maybe around like Emerald City Comic Con. Yeah, do so that. I'll have some fans that kind of know me like up there anyway. But uh, yeah, it's just one of those hilarious things that you're like, I just don't know. I didn't hit hard with Seattle. Oh, but the fans in Seattle that show up to see me. Love great. you. Yeah.
0: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. Well, this is what I will say. I think it's like this with your thing is it becomes they get in the habit. Mm-hmm. It's actually something that, you know, not to take too far on this, bit, but they're talking about these past couple of elections. The reason why people keep coming back is they've built very early the habit of right. going to vote. Right, And I think it's with your Seattle fans. Like it, the ones that come, I'm guessing they're coming each time Repeat that you're there. Business.
1: I got to have new shit. <laughs>
0: but you've got to like. You've gotta make sure there's a bigger group that becomes part of that repeat crew, right?
1: Yeah. And and I've just never been good at networking. Like I'm I've never been the guy that's like signed up to my mailing list or any of that Should stuff. Be. And and I look at comedians now who were doing that like back in the day. And they and their mailing list is just monstrous. And I so, mean,
0: I've started to develop my own, and to be completely honest, because yeah. of that reason, because I'm looking at what's happened with the social media apps and look, comedians are writers, so I'm not saying that this isn't the case, but as, like, that's what I want to do. Like, that's the, the goal. Like, um, I love that I do this stuff, but when I moved to L.A., I remember saying, it's like, yeah, I'm going to work around Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to do the hosting thing, but I want to be a writer. You
1: wanted to be a writer in the vein of entertainment, or are we looking at other, are just we expanding? capital
0: W writer. That's all okay. I said. I just said when I, because I really felt like moving out to L.A., because I wasn't like you. You, um, a good friend of ours, uh, Andre, Danny, so many people, mm-hmm. even, even the person I live with to a certain an extent moved out here to like make it in something, you know, right. like they wanted to be actors or directors or producers or writers or comedians or whatever. But they really came out here with that very specific goal and I came out here with a very calculated effort of like, this is the thing I love, but I had a very successful career. And so I had to like write down, this is what you won't do, because I knew once you get out here, so many people will do anything to stay out here. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, so, I, can't, I I can't go back. You know what I mean? Like so many people, it's like, oh, I'm a host because I couldn't be an actor. And I'm like, look, if I'm a failed at this, then I'm just <laughs> failed. Right. And so I just said, I just put it down. I was like, this is my occupation. Uh, this is my occupation. Occupation. This is my occupation. I want to be a writer. And so long as whatever I'm doing in its base is writing, which even in the podcast, I'm writing everything we say. Like, it's not as if you know what I mean, like as long as what I am doing is just me talking and it's not about how controversial I am or it's just my thoughts. As long as I'm getting paid for my thoughts,
1: I'm cool. That's interesting. I, I think that what I boiled it down to is that I like being me as opposed to somebody else. And so when you start out doing stand-up, you would, I mean, at least i you have, there's no roadmap of what you want to do. You really just want to not suck for this next three minutes (laughs) that you're doing the open mic. Like if I can just get off stage with some level of pride and ego still intact, then that's a W. And you're not thinking about the future or what's going to happen. Am I going to act? Am I going to host? What what am I going to do? But I just realized early on, like, A, I like being on stage by myself. Uh-huh. So it was very few people that I actually like like working with yeah in a, so welcome to the club and you yeah. you just have the, this this small web of people that you trust in a performance setting but I also didn't like being somebody else you know because like but I, that's I,
0: improv done and that's, a bunch yeah. of commercials
1: and occasionally like an acting thing comes along that one of my friends is doing and it seems like a fun challenge so I'm like yeah let's let's stretch the muscle but it, it always comes back to I just I'd rather be myself than anybody else and so I just like doing a podcast I like hosting stuff. And obviously, I like telling jokes.
0: No, and you're good at it. And this is—I'm going to give Mark a very big, big compliment because there's a lot of what you call like LA guys that everybody knows and not everybody likes, but. <laughs> Some people know, some people don't like, you know, but you, it doesn't matter where they are. Everyone has nice things to say, which I think says a lot for someone that's been at the club as long as it has. It seems like there's a story about everyone at the comedy club, except for maybe you.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that every generation and particularly where I where I got hired to work, the yeah. comedy store, you have like one door person in every class. It's like, oh, I think that's the one that that hasn't been completely bitten by the... This sad spider, yeah, as yeah. it were, and uh, and and just doesn't have that darkness to them. And yes. so you have to have that balance. Yeah. You know, you have to have somebody that's just like a source of positive energy. And what, what the late Brody Stevens would always say, positive energy. Yeah. And yeah. So I, th- I think I, I was probably that guy for that period of time, which is why it, people look at me fondly. But trust me, I can... I can talk shit with the best. <laughs> I
0: know you can. not It's actually the same thing I say to another mutual friend of ours too, Andre. I say the same all the time. It's like, don't mistake that like kind and jovial pr- presentation for yeah. weakness. I am very much traumatized, and as I like to tell <laughs> anyone who will listen, and I'll say it on and this one finally, uh, as I like to tell people, my first original hater was my mother. She was also my biggest fan, but she was also my first original hater. And I will tell you this, point blank and period. If you have that, your jibes do not hit that deep. Right. <laughs> Like, legitimately, they just don't hit as deep as you think. They still anger me. Uh And I'm still going to come with all of my cancer, fire, and energy back at you from putting me in my feelings. (laughs) But it's going to eventually pass. I'm not going to be talking to my therapist about you.
1: (laughs) Maybe there is something to this whole universe thing because you and I are so closely linked with our birthdays because we're both right at dead center cancer. Yeah, dead center. You know, early July. And, I mean, for you... You, I'm curious about the writing aspect of you because you also travel really all around the world doing all these film festivals and stuff. For me, if I have to actually sit down and like write something, I need like a day to mentally prepare to do it. Mm. And then I need to be, I can't do it in my apartment. God forbid. I need to be out in the world somewhere. And again, that probably goes back to, I just need a little bit of human interaction. Yeah. Just need a little bit of stimuli to get the energy going. Where do you find the ability to do all the writing when you are jet setting and hobnobbing at all these film festivals and, and having the champagne at the parties and your hotel at Cannes had happy hour every day last ho- year? It
0: did. It was really dope. Um, I don't. And the thing that is big thing with mine is I am kind of a dopamine junkie. And so the best way to get me to write is to put me on the deadline to write something well. Like, I just literally had that
1: college kid. Yeah,
0: I am. And I've always been. I'll and write I, the
1: paper the morning of the paper. And it's paper usually really
0: good. That's the <laughs> shitty thing. Like, if it was bad, I would stop doing it. But it's not usually it's not as good as it could be. Like, I currently right now I'm writing a big assignment for like a pretty big deal. And... I'm literally like, all right, I could I could bang this out today, but it's not due until December first. So fuck it. Like <laughs>
1: so it's, you're gonna start on yeah. it. Let's see. Yeah, December first, that would be when this drops. I think that's a Thursday. Yeah. So probably. When's, Over Thanksgiving about weekend. Twelve hours ago is when Jackwood started writing that paper. I mean That paper that yeah, you're assignment. Yeah, my
0: assignment, which is a great assignment, which I'm very happy to do. But that's, you know, that's the that's the reality of our life, right? You know we're what I both mean?
1: The, it, we're both that that kind of person. Yeah. Where you have to have the firewood under your ass and it has to be do or die. And and that does forge a diamond sometimes, that kind of pressure.
0: And this is what I will say. I'm getting better at just doing things that will help me. Like I have this timer now and I'm like, just write it for 45 minutes. And when the timer goes off, you can stop. Oh, and that's so good. like, I'm just doing like little things like that to sort of give myself. Cause I'm just, as I, as I said on a previous podcast, like um, somebody the other day was like, well, what's your mantra? Like, what are you about? And I'm like, honestly, I'm just going from good vibes to good vibes. And that is the gods to honest truth. Mm. That is like the decision for why I do things now. Uh, whatever. We're both in quote unquote midlife. And so you start taking stock of like, hey, you know, Ten years ago, to said my dream job is to be on the Today Show. Now I'm like, I don't know, man. My my hairline is in much better shape. Not doing that. <laughs> like I am like a a happier and healthier person. Saying that maybe the same for me. Yeah, you know? and, and you
1: figure out what you want out of life more, which may not necessarily be what you thought you wanted out of life, exactly. or what your your high school friends w- thought they wanted out of life. Because right now, I love my place, feeling like a health spa. And I don't know how I got by writing any papers in college when my dorm looked like that. Yeah. Like it was so messy. Now I like things clean. I don't like a lot of material possessions around. I light a candle now. I got some foliage around. So, and I put on, you know what I do? I have that. I have my, my, my big screen TV. And so I'll put on, on YouTube, you can find like all these backgrounds. Yes. And they're great. It's like, usually I do something tropical. Like, Like it's, it's, it's just a 4k camera stationary on a beach for eight hours and it's just waves rolling in and out. Then there's other cafes that you could do that are kind of like these like built, you know, it virtual cafes Yeah, and they overlook mountains or they'll do them seasonal. Yeah. So we're coming up on the season right now. If any of you aspiring writers out there, you need something to get that writing nook. They have these. It's like a Christmas coffee shop. So you're in a coffee shop and it's snowing outside. There's like always a weird feral cat hiding somewhere. (laughs) And sometimes you can get bustling coffee (laughs) shops. So you actually have like these animated people that walk in and like you have the baristas working and stuff. But again, that is tricking me into thinking, oh, I'm getting a little bit of my human interaction. I'm getting that whatever chemicals releasing in my brain. That's what I need to get to that creative side and to open up, I guess, that discipline, that work ethic that's going to get this job done.
0: Uh, Mine is my best motivator as a child. Again, kids. Again, go to therapy. You find these things out. My best motivation as a child was shame. Like the shame of not being on
1: the honor roll was the reason why I
0: got good grades. Not for anything else. Okay. Like it's not because I was like, oh, I really want to. No,
1: I cannot be so shamed. So you're less reward based than. Shame based. It's Absolutely. better than the opposite, which is so, shame.
0: But I do the same thing that you were talking about, though, in the sense that I need accountability partners. You do it with your environment. That helps you stay accountable to your tasks. You change your environment. Then you're like, I can stay in this. You're tricking yourself, right? Yes. Mine is. I have I'm very to- easy to fool. I need the people. I need somebody. So there's these apps that you can do it. Also TikTok where you can do this where somebody else is online and they are like doing work. And it's like called body doubling where you're basically just somebody else is doing work and you both just say at the beginning, I'm doing this, you're doing that. And we just both do it next to each other and they would know if you're doing it or
1: not. So you have your phone up, which is usually a big no-no if you're actually trying to focus and write something. Well, it's
0: my computer. Like I set up my computer, like to like point out as i'm working or okay. whatever and it's like body doubling and there's apps you can do for it like, so it's
1: like you and i met at a coffee shop yeah and we're like hey i gotta write this you gotta write that which is share a table and just hold each other accountable but now you can do it without leaving your house and you
0: don't have to talk to the person because okay. you just you just put it in the <laughs> app and it says really? you just say i'm doing this for this long and then when they click in they're like okay i'm doing this for this long and that's your person
1: What's the uh, what's what I do love, especially about this town at this time of year is everybody just kind of acknowledges we're done. Yes, we're done. L.A. does that. Uh, Texas does not. December is just I mean, December you have like you're finishing up whatever the work is usually in the first week. Yeah. And so that's why I'm actually thrilled that I'm taping the special December 3rd. I did not even think this far ahead. I'm not that smart. But I realized that Saturday night, December 3rd, I'm pretty much going to be done. I might have like one more shoot here, yeah. like hosting an RT Essentials or an episode of Versus or something. And then I'm pretty much done for the entire year. So I'm just done. Like I <sighs> dropped that mic at the end of the last show, December 3rd, Saturday night, Sunday, probably going to Buffalo Wild Wings. And that's my after party cuz I'm going to uh, need my beauty sleep after the show. And then I'm just going to watch football and then I'm pretty much just coasting until January.
0: I really What wish a that spoiled brat I am. I'm in the middle of award season so I will definitely not be coasting. I did cancel my triple my trip to Dubai though for work reasons. I have like three things that I couldn't move. But what are you doing now between then? So what is what is your pre-warm up for special schedule? Like where are you going?
1: Um I just got off doing 4 weeks on the road in a row. Uh Seattle was one of them and actually did have great crowds. And then um and I did I did San Diego. I was in New York and then now I'm just kind of the last couple of weeks just doing spots around town. So I'll be at the comedy store and the improv and the factory and Hermosa Beach and all these places, just 10, 15 minute sets and just kind of ironing out stuff. And so it's a little weird that I won't be doing that full hour anytime that week leading up That's to I was it. That's
0: kind of a wonder about it. Cause not saying that you don't you need this practice, but the reason why I asked that is because you literally when you become a comedian and you say you're taping a special, you're also saying that you will have good shit by then. And I don't know how you do that. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, by December 3rd, I will be able to talk funny for an hour. How do you, you don't even know what you're going to talk about
1: it's at that point. What we just talked about. It's the deadline. Oh, I, need, okay. I need the deadline. Yeah, Some okay. great, great comedy special deadline story. Right? Okay. So Richard Pryor, Live on Sunset. Oh, I think well, it taped in 77. It yeah. is an all-time comedy special. It taped over two nights. I think at the Palladium Theater. The first night, it was Friday and Saturday night. The first night, you do not see any of that footage in Live at Sunset. Wow. Because it did not go well. And this is the legend. I haven't seen any of the footage, but this is the legend of Richard Pryor. The show did not go well at all for whatever reason, maybe myriad reasons. So after the show, Richard Pryor, Paul Mooney, and a couple of other comics that he trusted, they were basically holed up all night reworking stuff. And getting ready for the Saturday shoot. Saturday shoot comes around. That's what you see on all the way through. Possibly the greatest stand-up special of all time. Wow. Is you have your feet to the fire. And in that case, we already know that what I currently Dude, have, have ain't hacking it. So we need and I'm not sure if it was a bunch of different tweaks. Yeah, yeah, it was an energy thing. If maybe Richard had imbibed something that he that he regretted before going up likely could have been a combustible combination of all those. But the point is, that Saturday show is what you see. And it's one of the great specials of all time.
0: Yeah, it's actually really interesting because I'm not going to say this, but there's a current I'm not going to say who um, conversation about a, a comedian who is on and they are popular. And I would just say like this comedian is sort of like the comedian version of Megan The Stallion where they're very popular, mm-hmm. lots of brands, lots of money, lots of support. But a lot of people in the comedy like, name me two of her jokes. Name okay. me two jokes. Yeah. You know, name me two jokes of theirs. This is the crazy thing. Taylor Tomlinson, who I just saw her one special. I know two of her jokes off the top of my head just She's because great. she really does yeah. have a construction, really joke. Again, uh, Eliza, your friend. Eliza's great. Uh. Ali Wong, there's like a lot yeah. of comedians where you're like, I know this joke. I know where you come from with this energy and I want to recite it mm-hmm. because it's a joke that plays that way. Yeah, This comedian doesn't have that and I kind of agree with it. Is this something that you even pay attention to or are you just kind of like, look, go up on the stage, I don't care. Are you a purist about, because there seems to be always debates about comedy like that.
1: I think it's very hard to write something consciously that's like, this is, it's very hard to write a hit song Yeah, if you set out to write a hit song. There's there's times when musicians have been able to do it. You know, Journey wrote any way you want it in 10 minutes because they needed another hit. I mean,
0: that thing you do, they said we need to make a catchy hit song and they made a catchy
1: hit song. Right, right. Like you listen to all the songs in Crazy Heart and it's like, why were not these already popular songs? Because this is great with with stand up. It's very hard to be like, I'm going to write something because it just doesn't it doesn't feel as authentic, especially if you if you are somebody that just writes about your life. And that is what the people know and see. So if mm. you try to write something that just feels a little different than that brand, audiences are very smart. They're very perceptive in that way. Yeah. They can kind of smell out what is fishy about this. They yeah, can yeah. kind of say what isn't necessarily authentic to the comedian that they, that they mm. thought they're going to see. And with folks like like Taylor Tomlinson's great, and Eliza's too, because they both are able to construct jokes so well. And especially with, with them, they don't waste a lot of words. And I think that sometimes that's the bit is like it's not this extraneous storytelling. I love storytelling and I got a lot of stories I'm going to be telling in this new special. But there's also just like this is a joke. This is where it starts. This is where it stops. And they're just so um, proficient and efficient with their verbiage that it doesn't come off as long winded at all. And sometimes that's the easiest stuff to remember.
0: That's fair. Hey, that's very fair. That is very fair because you're right. Storytelling comedy is a different thing. But then this is the other thing I would tell you. Uh, I remember every memorable person that Patrice O'Neal made fun of, yeah. <laughs> and that's not a joke. But I remember every like you know. And he
1: was more of just like of just I'm going to go on stage and I have these ideas and let's and let's riff yeah. it. And he was maybe the best at least post millennium that anybody had ever seen at doing that and conveying a message and getting into dark stuff sometimes. Yeah,
0: I really love I remember this one joke it was this white boy in the front row with a black girl and he's just like wow, you just up in here (laughs) fucking this sister long dick and like not picking me to comment on it. He literally just said and he's just yeah. like, he's like, I know what you're doing to this sister and I can't let it stand. I remember this joke. And I'm like, I don't know who that dude is, but I remember him saying right, it right. and how funny it was. Like, it was like hilarious. So yeah,
1: it's it's just one of those things where you hope to have moments like that in your career <laughs> that really stand out. Yeah. And I think the the hardest person to get to answer that question is the creator of it, because yeah. like you just kind of have all these children, you know, yeah, that's and that's fair. the tough thing about doing a special is that the next day. Your children have all graduated.
0: You can't have them anymore. Gone
1: to college, and uh, they're never going to come visit you for the holidays.
0: I have a confession to make, because you and I will say it because you commented on my other sweater in the other video, which is I I I like this sweater. I I need to come out a little bit. We've we've talked about comedy, and I want to talk about something that I've kept a little bit secret before we get out of here, and I I really just want to tell everyone in this format. I am officially a fashion girly. Oh boy! I really care. Not about labels, but about style and fashion. How it I have looks. become quite obsessed and I these are all things that I think other people probably learned a while ago. These are things I've recently learned. Um more expensive clothes last longer and so you should just invest in them. I've learned that you can buy fashion but you can't buy style and if you aim to be stylish. You will always be that. Mm. Um, I've also learned that you live your life in your clothes. And if you can make them memorable, you can also make aspects of your life memorable.
1: Look, listen to this. And then
0: this is the other one. One of the main reasons why I thought I didn't like fashion was because of how uh, non-inclusive it used to be. And that if you want to be fashionable now, although it still sucks overall, you can and still have like a normal body type.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I think just society's become a lot more accepting to how actual people look as opposed to how the .0001 percent on the runway looks. Yeah. I. So
0: I've uh, I've 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 upgraded and people like have noticed. They've mentioned it a couple more. You've
1: always had a good fashion sense, did you? But you were just realizing this about yourself recently. Yeah. See, I always thought you were kind of that person anyway because you oh you're you're a huge Met Gala person. (laughs) I am a huge
0: Met Gala person. This is what's crazy is like of me should have clued in that I'm actually a fashion girly I'm obsessed with costuming like some of my favorite movies I'm always talking about oh my god the dress and this See? So you yeah. know, I always watch the Met Gala I always watch that kind of stuff I'm like literally one of the still bucket list moments for my life would be to be invited to that and have nobody care who I am but just to be able to go right um, all of that is true also the history of fashion is sometimes like the history of people like there's certain like textile styles that were born out of like huge issues or like you know lack of resources due to famine and all this stuff. And so like fashion literally is like a living document of history sometimes for people. And so I've become quite obsessed with it. And like, I'm just coming out with it now. So like, if you see me like do like an Instagram photo shoot <laughs> of like my like what I'm wearing this week, don't think that I've changed because I used to be the girl that would like rail against heifers watching sex in the city. I used to be the girl that would just be like, ugh, why do you care? Other thing I've noticed when you when you dress nice, I don't think I like this aspect. People treat you differently. They do. They treat you differently when you dress nice. And I've never understood that in my brain. It still makes me glitch that you would treat somebody. I'm sorry, Mr. Microphone. That you would treat somebody differently just because they are dressed a certain way. Like they're still the person Mm -hmm. underneath those trappings. But like without question, the way people interact with you is different when they think that you have taken care in your appearance.
1: I'll meet you. I'll meet you this far where I do appreciate getting dressed up and getting gussed up for something now. I yeah. do. I like the idea where I used to abhor it. And like, even when I get like suits fitted, I would, I would like, like try to like push my gut out as far as I could so that the pants would fit loose because I want everything to fit like sweats. But I still like, I know who I am. I know how I present myself, but occasionally I do like getting dialed up for something. So as, as we are recording this. And it's like two and a half weeks out. I don't know what I'm wearing for the thing yet. And I feel like if if you were taping your hour special, you probably would already I have, absolutely would have either locked it or you'd have 10 different designs that you're vacillating between. But, so then you have to buy them all and just figure out how you feel that day.
0: So I will give you this. Okay. I have an event that is uh, on December 5th, which is the Celebration of Black Cinema. And, okay. this, and for folks that don't know, um, if you go to a black folks gathering, the pressure is different. Because they will know when your hair has not been done recently and mm-hmm. they will know when you do not have the correct amount of moisture and glitter. And like there is not a re again, black women will read you for filth. And the only worse that's worse than that is black gay men who are raised by sassy black women. Like this is like the thing. So like it's not even that it's a judgment in black gatherings. It's more of like everybody is making such an effort that you cannot come you would be sullying the event if you didn't show up the way it was. And you saw that with even like the Black Panther premiere. Uh,
1: I, I did. And and so it's it's so you're going to this event where, you know, everybody's just going to have this kind of mental checklist about the things that you're either pulling off or not pulling. Yes. Off. So and do you have do you have I, the look ready? Do you going to say
0: my fitting for that is on Thursday. Okay. So All I'm right. literally <laughs> two days after you. So I will know exactly what I'm wearing for that on Thursday. So that is about that timeline. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, you know. <laughs> It's it's exciting. It's sort of the annoying part about it. But then I'm all I'm always so that guy. I can't close shop for more than thirty minutes. I can get excited about it, and then I hit that wall, and I'm like, I need to go home right now. Well. I need to get the hell out of here.
0: It's it's better when you get styled. I will say um, I should shout out to both Nikki, our stylist right here at She's Rotten Great. Tomatoes. Yeah. Also, we have um, I have Ashley, who I worked with my time at E, and then also my trainer, his girlfriend Nicole, also styles me. And those three women together have given me now where I'm like after basically I felt like Lance from Insync. For folks that don't know the story, Lance from Insync could not dance when he joined the band, and they had to like. Mm -hmm. rhythm magic him (laughs) into it these girls have uh, style magic me into like a decent wardrobe
1: there you go so we got our big events and then you carry on through the award season and I am just gonna go kind of into I, I might live in Wyoming for the rest of December I don't know
0: you can I got nothing to do I hope you don't because I still want to take you to something There, ha- I was trying to go to this Top Gun event and I couldn't go to it I know you would have went to that I know <sighs> I gone. I'm literally waiting for a good Top Gun event that I can invite you to <laughs> there will be ones there's going to be tons of Oscar events for this movie oh like, right, yeah. yeah they're yeah, making like, a big yeah. push they're making a big push so as soon as there's a good one with like Bruckheimer and Cruz and the crew I will get you there but I Ooh, I don't know whether that's going to happen most
1: wonderful <laughs> time of the year when I get to be Jacqueline's plus one
0: and this is what's great because again the person that lives in my house, is it's been almost three years, coming up on three years now, and they are very much over being a plus one. <laughs> like, it was a novel experience for the first year. Sure. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is cool. Done.
1: Yeah, yeah. And when we see each other at, at <laughs> these kind of events, it's it's fist bumping. Hey, you holding up okay. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. You
0: know. Although I will say, I think, I don't know if you do this, but now bringing somebody with me is sometimes the only reason why I want to go.
1: It's never the reason I want to go. Really? I don't want to spend one more minute with any human than I have to. Shut up. So I usually will say, and it's very nice to get a plus one to stuff, but I'm usually the guy that's like, hey, uh, I'm not going to go with anybody. So just you did that to my party deserving. You did that to
0: my party. I was so disappointed. I was like, I really hope (laughs) that he everybody gets a plus one in my party, I might add. And I know like you and several others are very much like I do not need to bring anyone.
1: No, I'm (laughs) going to see the people that I know are showing up. I don't want to have to bring this new element into the periodic table that is Jacqueline's event.
0: Several of my friends. This is why I know I have great friends. Several of my friends is like one guest. What? Like, they didn't even look for the idea of a plus one. No. There was no even aspirations to didn't it. Didn't even I'm consider like, anybody. This is why you're my people. Um, Real quick before we get out of here. Is there anything like, you? looks like you're going to have some free time over the break. I yeah. will also have some free time over the break because um, I think I've mentioned this. Uh, me and the person who lives in my house are going to uh, Mexico. Really? Right. We're going to Playa del Carmen for... 2 weeks. Nice. Okay. I will have to do work while I'm down there. Did, don't do not pretend for one yeah, second that but I'm you're by be... the
1: pool. You're basically putting yourself into one of these virtual backgrounds that I put on my TV at home. It's a you're vi- actually going to be on the beach. Yeah,
0: a villa with a rooftop jacuzzi. <laughs> It's nice.
1: I'll bring a plus one there.
0: You could bring a plus yeah. one to that one. I'm not going to lie to you. If I'll you ever want to go, one. like I, we just like to go to Sunshine in, uh, in December, but what are you going to watch up and catch up on if you can? Andor is a big one. That's the same for me. That's the same for me. Andor is the
1: big one because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. But again, I just needed my time away from the world of fantasy for a little bit. I'm ready to get back in all the things I'm hearing about Andor. That's the show. That I kind of have earmarked. And then other than that, I'll, you know, get into the usual holiday fair yeah. of some Christmas classics, Garfield and Friends.
0: What's your what's your go-to Christmas movie
1: um, The movie is usually a Christmas carol with George C. Scott oh, from wow. 1984. Wow,
0: making that yeah. one. Wow. Okay. It's, uh, it, it's good, man. That's George C. a great Scott one. Is a no, great it's a great Ebenezer one. It was not what I would picture. I would um, pick- I would have pictured the Muppet movie with Kane before I would picture that.
1: I like the Muppets. But I, th- I think this year I'm going to go back and do the, uh, the Robert Zemeckis A Christmas Carol oh, with nice. Jim Carrey's yeah, Ebenezer yeah. Scrooge, that cool kind of animation. Yeah. I remember seeing it in the theater and, and being like, this is awesome. And I just haven't gone back and watched it since. So that might be the one I do.
0: So um, I do our Thanksgiving TV show rotation during my Thanksgiving party where in the background I play all the Thanksgiving TV shows. So, right. it's like I've yeah. worked, so that is actually my favorite one because a uh, fun thing, I'm the one person in LA that doesn't love Halloween. I love Thanksgiving. Because I like meals, you I like and me food. are
1: both like that. Yeah, I can't I, stand Halloween. I
0: don't understand why y'all need to dress up this way every day. I feel I'm walking outside wearing a costume <laughs> of a human being. But um, the Christmas movies for me are Scrooge because yeah. I love Alfred Woodard. Just love her in that so much. Obviously, Bill Murray is is incredible in that one. Don't you
1: remember that period where she wore all black for a year? Yeah, I do. But I thought it was a fashion, fashion thing. thing.
0: Oh my god! Seriously. Seriously. Oh, she's so good in that movie. And also, too, just like when she when he speaks at the end and she's like, and she's mm-hmm. just like gobsmacked. Mm-hmm. I'm living. uh oh, love it. Cute little boy in that it was so cute. So that one's up there for me. And then also I also watch um Mixed Nuts
1: with Steve Martin yeah I've never seen it but it's, I know it's a holiday movie basically
0: I watch a lot of dysfunctional holiday movies so I watch Home for the Holidays which is a Thanksgiving movie where they hate their, each other Jodie Foster it. and then also right? The Apartment on New Year's Eve because I watch a ton of New Year's mm-hmm. Eve movies including the classic Larry Marshall New Year's
1: starring Eve
0: starring like, uh, John Bon Jovi
1: John Bon Jovi but also starring
0: who's in the oh, Michelle
1: Pfeiffer's in that isn't Zach Efron hitting on Michelle Katherine Pfeiffer? In Heigl, that
0: one? Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer's in that one. De Niro one. shows up. De Niro is in that one as well, too. Calling in
1: some favors, Gary Marshall did.
0: Also, um, I believe 100 Cigarettes is another um, great New Year's Eve movie. This is one from the 90s. It has like Dave Chappelle in it, I think. Really? Yeah, I'm almost positive. Is it 100 cigarettes? I don't I, know. Oh, wait, wait.
1: I, I know the cigarette movie you're talking yeah, about. Yeah,
0: like I think it's 100 cigarettes. And it's like these girls, um, they know that if they don't get laid on New Year's Eve, they're going to have an entire year of basically crappy...
1: Uh, is it 100 cigarettes? 200 I, I, cigarettes. It's 200, 200, cigarettes. 200 cigarettes. 200
0: cigarettes. and it is New Year's Eve, and it is ben, Dave Chappelle, Ben Affleck. Uh, wow. Yeah. In, oh, Elvis Costello is in it. That's who it was. Janine Garofalo and Kate Hudson and Gabby Hoffman. Wow, two hundred cigarettes. All that's right. another
1: good New Year's Eve. One. I'll check that and I'll also throw the family stone. as far as the dysfunctional oh, yes. holiday kind of movies. So Rachel McAdams, uh, continuing Danes. The, the mean girl streak.
0: Yeah, but she uh, she's a woman that you want to be. You want her to be mean to you. I know. He's kind of a girl when you're like she's mean to you and I like it.
1: Boss me around. Exactly right. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's. I think that's up for us on Rotten Tomatoes after dark. Is the
1: sun coming up? It
0: is. <laughs> <laughs> the sun will come out tomorrow. tomorrow. Very dirty movie when you think about a, a pretty woman being based off of it.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. My friends asked me the other day, is Julia Roberts been in anything before Pretty Woman? And I was just rattling off Mystic Pizza. Yeah,
0: Steel Magnolia. Satisfaction.
1: <gasps> Satisfaction. I haven't thought All about that All female movie. band. I think they had like a dude who was like their keyboard player. I have not thought Liam about Neeson that. Liam Neeson plays the shady manager. That, Justine Bateman's the lead singer. It's a hard to find movie, but if you find it, treat yourself.
0: I want to say that one was like, this was in the era where they were making movies for the songs. This was post-Mannequin yep. and that was part of that like, vibe,
1: if I recall correctly. It was time to remake Satisfaction and we did it.
0: Oh my God. All right. Thank y'all for listening. We always want to hear from you. So please email us at wrong at Rotten Tomatoes. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And especially if you liked this After Dark episode, we may continue them. We may do them in different settings. So if you, if you dug just me and Mark, if you dug just me and Mark, kids, <laughs> please let our overlords know <laughs> so we can do it again we got some it?
1: holiday stuff. I think that we're rerunning the yeah, rest of yeah. uh, so, some of our, our more holiday centric RT is wrong episodes going to be yeah. hitting the airwaves again the next uh, couple of weeks, but we'll be around. You know, we might be we might be in exotic locations if you're Jacqueline or uh, at a Buffalo Wild Wings if you're me, but yeah. we'll be we're never too far away from your ears and your eyes here at Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Yeah, And we'll see y'all next time. Bye.